I am Tova Cito. I believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And I believe it's our job to get us there. Every week, I will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The Remedy. Well, hello and welcome to the very next episode of The Remedy with Tova Cito. I am so happy to join you today and I am very much looking forward to the conversation I'm about to have. But first, I need to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Jamie Crosby. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Jamie made a very generous and wonderful donation to The Remedy and we stay alive. And Kevin gets paid. Thank you, Jamie Crosby. One more week. So thank you so much, Jamie, for your support and your um, incredibly generous contribution to uh, what we're doing here. So if you would like to give or sponsor an episode of The Remedy, of course, we would love and appreciate it. All you have to do is go to tovacito.com, click on The Remedy, and then click on Make a Contribution. And it's just that simple. Any amount is, is so appreciated and we're just grateful for all the people who get behind us. So today in the studio, we um, we are so privileged to have an incredibly talented, gorgeous, smart, educated, connected, and just incredible do-gooder. Is that, so is that nice. the word? Yeah, no, that's good. I like that. I thought you were talking about me. <laughs> no, Kevin, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I have known Jan Langbein for years. Um, when I used to work at Highland Park Methodist Church, our paths crossed often. And I've heard you speak a million times. And um, on like a chance, I called Genesis Women's Shelter and... And what is it called? Genesis Women's Shelter and, and support. And support. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You said I'd never heard that part and support until today. I'm very familiar with Genesis Women's Shelter, but I called last week on just crossing my fingers, toes, and legs, and anything I can cross that <laughs> maybe one day I could get you in. And I never thought in a million years I'd get you in like so fast. So thank you so no, much. For I'm super pleased to be here. And I'd like to say thank you, Jamie Crosby, because we're going to have a great conversation this morning about something that needs to be talked about, yes. something that needs to come out from behind the dark glasses and out of the closet. And let's let's have a hard conversation about this uh, issue of domestic violence. So I'm very pleased to be here. Yeah, well, we are, we're so lucky to have you. I, I, I love how you just Come on, coming right out and saying, you know, we need to have this conversation about something that's, you know, we need to come back from behind the glasses mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. out of the closet and all that stuff and have, be talking about this more. Right. So just right off the bat, why? Why is this a, I mean, it's happening and I want to talk about where it's happening and right. how it's happening right. and who it's happening to. Right. But why, if this awful thing is happening, why aren't we talking about it? Why aren't we talking about it more? You're, no, you're exactly right. Now, I'm going to probably, as we talk today, refer to she as the victim and he as the perpetrator. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of reasons for that, and I want to get that right out in front. I know there are men who are battered, men battered by women, men battered by same-gender partners. But at Genesis, Women's Shelter and Support, we only deal with women and children who are victims of domestic violence. Mm -hmm. And also, in about 96% of the battered population, the woman is the victim. So for the sake of ease, I'm going to refer to she as the victim. Knowing we, that... 
it's not always exactly just a exactly. Yeah. He can also be a victim of domestic violence. So again, mm-hmm. that's a little disclaimer at the that's front good. of this package. That's good. Um, but we know that domestic violence is the leading cause of injury to women in the United States. We think in terms of this being a black eye or domestic violence is when he shoved her, but it's more than that. Uh, I, I can tell you what it's not. It's not a uh, fight that got out of control. It is not a one-time incident. It is a absolutely a pattern of behavior where one person person gains control of over another person through XYZ. The choices of weapons are different uh, based on what works with that victim, but uh, it's to gain power and control. It's somebody saying, I'm in charge and you're not, and you will do what I say. You will make me happy, and if you don't, I have the right to hurt you. To, to be sure that you do that. So why are we talking about this crime? Um, I, I think there is not another crime beside domestic violence and sexual assault that the victim feels somehow responsible. If my car is stolen, I don't feel that I had any responsibility in that. I locked my car. I put mm-hmm. it, pulled it in the driveway. Yeah. I'm not, people are not blaming me. Yeah. But we find that when- You're not vic- weak. Yeah, it, You're not yeah, weak yeah. Yeah. Stole your car. You obviously left your car there again last night <laughs> yeah. in your driveway. You know, you you don't right. seem to get a different car. I mean, it, the the things that women are say that are that are told that somehow this is your fault. She must like it, or she'd get out. Uh, didn't she uh, push his buttons? All of that has nothing to do with one person trying to gain power and control over another one. Mm-hmm. Um, those are just the the <clears throat> dynamics of it, as opposed to the root cause, or for sure not the solution. But I think women are told that somehow it's their fault. In fact, I've never heard a woman say, you know, he beat me because he lacks conflict resolution skills. Mm -hmm. He beat her because the house wasn't clean. He beat her because the child turned over the milk. He beat her because there wasn't cold beer in the icebox or that she talked too much or didn't talk enough or wore the right thing or didn't wear the right thing. Um, And again, those are just excuses. But he tells her it's her fault. She thinks it's her fault. And society tells her in a million ways it must be your fault. Wow. Okay. I get I, I get that the man thinks it's her fault. I get that the woman thinks it's her fault. Why does society? I mean, I'm part you of know, society. Yeah. I don't know that I would ever look at that and be like, well, I mean, she must... She must have done something to deserve it. I, I mean, think I, I disagree with you. I think that... Well, not you particularly, right. but I think, you know, a jury hears a woman say what happened to her and they're like well she shouldn't have worn that or she should have not been drinking or she should have left him the first time he ever did it because boy oh boy if that were me I would and I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if it's not Tova a self-protection that if I that couldn't possibly happen to me because I would never stick around for it women stay for a lot of reasons and he is a master manipulator and knows just the right tools to keep her there Um, if I have say I live in a very affluent part of town but if I have no access to money none I'm talking no bank account no credit card that the extra change I get at the store that I squirrel away he has found if I have no way to so much as get a bus ticket or a, a, a plane ride or a, where am I going to go? I remember one particular woman, she was actually a member of our church, and he made sure that she had no access to money. When she did finally leave, she had to go borrow money from her friends to put down a deposit, a first and last month's rent in, a, in an apartment. Now, this woman lived on Beverly Drive. Mm-hmm. and Which for, for the people for, who yeah, don't live yeah, here is... Very exclusive, uh, yeah. very wealthy. Most affluent. Most, most affluent. Most and people well are like, what's the matter with her. She's married to so-and-so, you know, uh, but she had no access to money. And, and 
he, he told the uh, children, they were teens, I think, at the time, and he said, if you give your mother a dime, you will never see a cent of your trust fund. So it's very, wow. and, oh my gosh, now I'm started on him. He uh, went around to every attorney that they knew personally and put down a retainer so that sh- they could not represent her. So I have no attorney. I have no money. I have no place to go. Uh-huh. And I owe my best friends so much money right now. I don't know that I can jump this hurdle. There are so many hurdles, whether it's access to civil legal representation or finances or what her basic beliefs are. But the rest of society says they blame her for leaving and they blame her for staying. You know, it's really, really tough. And I think when when uh, victims hear this again and again and again, mm-hmm. uh, they they do. They accept it as their as their fault as and their plight. Everybody must think there's something wrong with me. Yes, their plight, uh, particularly with faith based women, where their their faith is very important. To them, this Jesus suffered. I will suffer. This is my cross to bear. Uh, you know, you start looking at. I need to forgive him. Forgive and forget. And by the way, that's not what the Bible says. I that agree. Is, yeah, thank you. <laughs> that is Shakespeare. So forgive and for uh, forgive and hold accountable. Yeah, but unfor- forgive and have boundaries. Forgive and have boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but unfortunately. That is not what he's telling her. If you want to be a Proverbs Proverbs 31 wife, this is what you have to be. And unfortunately, we don't start with verse 1 of Proverbs 31. We start with verse 11, where it's like, be a good wife, cook and clean, and be a pillar in the community and have kids or something. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if you know the history on on Proverbs 31, but it's basically the queen of whatever country that was turning over the kingdom to her son saying, be a good guy, you know, uh, uh, stop your drinking and stop your bad life choices and then find a woman who will be a good representative of you who will cook and clean and, you know, have your children. Mm -hmm. And so unfortunately, we hear so often, we an abuser will extract what works for him. Sure, that's not what the what the Bible meant. But he'll extract mm-hmm. that, or you know, wives submit to your husbands. Read on down the rest yeah. of that chapter and yeah. see what the role of the husbands, the responsibility so is. But many, many times we hear, uh, husband, you know, uh, wives, you you didn't submit, so I had to beat you. And if you're told that enough, I remember a woman telling me one time, Tova, that. She said, I was married to this abuser for 15 years, and when I finally divorced him, I was no longer welcome at my communion table. And when I was no longer welcome at my communion table, I was no longer welcome at my mama's dinner table. And so you think, uh, you know, my my faith, my family— uh, are the most important things. If you start listing, sure. I, I think if I thought the God of my faith or my faith community would turn its back on me, mm-hmm. I don't know that that's a hurdle I could jump. Right. And unfortunately, there really is no uh, training um, for in seminary that's directly yeah. dealing with this scourge that that impacts every congregation, every choir member, every child in, you know, whether it's UMYF or in the nursery downstairs. Uh, if it is still one out of every three people, one out of every three women, look around, look around, look down the pew and see what am I not seeing? What am I not saying to that child? How am I not talking about it in the place where that victim will go to look for help? It's one in three. One in three women, one out of every three women in your grocery store, in your workplace, in your faith community will know domestic violence. That's not Jan Langbein's statistic. That is FBI. Be abused. One in three will will be will be abused. abused. 
And I'm not talking verbally, I'm talking physically. And if we get into the verbal abuse, it's so many more. Women who are told they're not good enough for one reason or another, and then society, again, tells us, I'm not thin enough, I I don't make rice right, and, you know, I mean, we're constantly... um, Jane, this is horrible. I just can't even get over... See, we can't do this in one podcast, you know? I I knew that the number was... Yeah, it's horrendous. ...outrageous, but I had no idea It's one out of every three of our teens. So, again, if you're a a church counselor, you know, a youth counselor, mm-hmm. you need to know that this is where this is when this starts. February is actually we're winding up domestic violence, uh, teen dating violence awareness, mm-hmm. and these kiddos have to know what healthy relationships are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know they have so much stuff bombarded at them, but it's harder than it's ever it's ever been for them. And so the violence uh, that's perpetrated is just phenomenal. Um, we read a, a, an alert this morning about a, a young boy, young man. He's, he was twenty four that broke into to a, a girl's home where she was having a sleepover, ha- had guests over, had a girlfriend over to sleep, and the dad was there. Mom was deceased. And this guy walked in, broke in the back door, killed the dad, <gasps> killed the girl, and this other child, somebody else's daughter, ran next door to get help. But there was a long history of him being abusive to this girl, and she wow. couldn't get away couldn't get away from him. He would not allow it. Um, and so here we wrap up Teen Dating Violence Month with this horrific homicide. It could have been your child. And if it isn't your child in a bad relationship, it's your child who was spending the night and could have been dead uh, because God. of this issue. There's so many things. It's Ugh. Tova, people have historically thought this is a private matter. Yeah, And for sure. it's just not. We cannot leave this on the steps of the family. We cannot leave it on the steps of City Hall or the Dallas Police Department or the local sheriff's office. Mm-hmm. We have to stand up and look at each to the other. There are three women sitting in this room. Mm-hmm. One of us? Who's it going to be? And how will you respond if it were me to say, Toba, that's me. How am I going to get help? So in addition to talking about the issue, we want to talk about, first of all, it's never acceptable that it's against the law, that there is help and there is hope. There are solutions to it, whether a short-term shelter stay or definitely lifelong uh, safety planning, um, holding accountable the abuser, whether that's legally or professionally or whatever we can do. If, as an employer, we need to have safe workplaces. As hospital people, we need to be asking, are you safe at home? I mean, it's going to take a societal a, a societal paradigm shift. And we've mm-hmm. done it before. We've done it with friends don't let friends drive drunk, right. and I'm not going to suck up your secondhand smoking. And yeah, it took Mothers Against right. Drunk Drivers to sit in a courtroom with a clipboard. Um, So we as a society have to say, you know what? Hashtag no more, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hashtag me too opened our eyes to something that has just been a a life-changing experience. Mm -hmm. But I think we all need to say hashtag no more. And I'm going to do a uh, uh, what I can, what I can mm-hmm. to make a difference. I'm going to talk to my children about it. I'm not going to play golf with a guy who abuses. Yeah. I'm going to hold these men accountable. You know, at Genesis, um, we have this organization called Heroes. He respects others. And it's men who, as a gender, say, I want to be more than part of the problem. I want to be part of the solution. That's really it's good. It's like if I'm driving, I don't want, I don't want, I'm not going to drive speed through a school uh, through a school zone or drive drunk but you know what i don't want you to do it either and so it's not enough for me to refrain or a man to refrain from hurting someone they also have to step up and hold other men accountable mm-hmm. and when they will do that if when kevin stands up i mean everybody expects me to go on and on about this right, but right. when a man won't shake his it's another guy's hand because he knows how he treats his wife or his partner or his girlfriend or whatever that is so powerful you don't get to work here if you do this you don't get to play on this football team 
But see, that's the thing. We look the other way. If they're good football players or they're successful businessmen or they're running for particular offices that you can say anything about a woman, you can gaslight this country into thinking locker room talk is locker room talk. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So I, I think we have to... Not play golf, not vote for people who are misogynistic, not not uh, tolerate it in the workplace, mm-hmm. and certainly in our faith community, stand up and uh, take a stand. And I could not agree more. I could not agree more. But I, I knowing that it is such a secret, mm-hmm. and that there's so much shame wrapped up in it, and women who who are the victims or men who are the victims, they're they're not running out. You know, and they're probably more. Um, I would imagine that they become more recluse. That they, s- yeah, s- not really, really, no. They, I they mean, if feel you have a d- black eye and you're beat up, they, they're just going out. They're trying to look like the good guy. She was trying to hurt herself. I was just holding her back so that she she had gone crazy. You know, she's older and the dementia's setting in, or you know, she drinks a lot. I mean, I've seen. Men that you would recognize their name. One man broke his wife's neck and somehow blamed it on how much she had had at Mexican food that night, how many margaritas she had had, and thought he was going to get away with it. You see, it's this narcissistic, I'm right and you're wrong attitude. That's I'm, I'm the good dad on the soccer field. I'm the one who's bringing home the money. And it's so tricky how they will set her up to look like a bad person. Um, a particular incident I was thinking of, a man uh, actually just – call the police and said she's home drunk with the kids and when the police show up she's folding the laundry she wasn't drunk but now we have um uh police response to this address the next thing he did was he just woke her up in the middle of the night one night and put her in the car just in her nightgown and shoved her out in front of the local police station and she is screaming at him she had had a glass of wine with dinner she's screaming at him and she was picked up for public intoxication that's what they thought it was so all of this neither and the judge actually set him up absolutely it is like grooming your victim and none of this mattered she wasn't drunk and she wasn't disorderly and the police came out but it wasn't her you know it wasn't her thing but where why is he doing all that because when it comes to family court there was never a charge against him he was coming after these kids she lost her children she lost her children she she had unbelievable she moved out of the house and her visitation was from like you can see them during the weekday between 11 and 3 11 and 3 why she can't get a job she couldn't get a job and so how would she ever have you know money to support them and on and on so it's 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 like a full-time job it just amazes me And until someone holds them accountable, again, it's maybe a judge. I know women also tend to say, I don't want to get him in trouble. I don't want him to lose his job because then we're all in a pickle. Um, Or I don't want him to – I I don't want him to get in trouble with the law. The good news is if you will do that, if you will have him arrested, then he goes to court. And then he's not going to – he's probably not going to go to jail. But he will be on probation and required to go to batter's intervention uh, counseling. Not couples counseling because it's not mediation issue. It's not a. It's his problem. Right. It's not her problem. Right. Um, so even Christian counseling we find can actually exacerbate. When I say Christian counseling, I mean couples, mm-hmm. church counseling. You need somebody who understands the issue. It's you really know. good. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I remember years ago when um, I was seeing a counselor uh, for something, and he was like, and I was talking all about forgiveness and da da da, da and he was like, you know what? I hate. I hate counseling good Christian women. 
Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's really hard. He's like, yeah. because you just keep making yeah. excuses yes. and yes. you keep saying, but you know, I've got to get, extend grace. Right. And I've got to extend grace. And Absolutely. He was like, you're very confused about, yeah. about what grace means yes, and what forgiveness yes, looks like. Yes. And but if you're told that in your particular faith community, if you're sure. told that by the head of the household, the, right. the man of the, you know, the whatever. Um, the guy who has all the power. The guy who has all the power. Well, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, okay, maybe I need to be more forgiving, right? So Jane, Jan, not Jane, who is um, who is being abused? What, what does she look like? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that's another common common myth is that it is only a certain, it's women of color or it's women who are low economic mm-hmm. or it's not educated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's absolutely not the truth. It, this, as I refer to, is an equal opportunity epidemic. It knows no boundaries. It happens in far, you know, wealthy communities and middle class communities and lower income communities. Because again, it is not about what you have and what you don't or how smart you are, or how smart you're not. It is about one person's uh, pattern of behavior to have power and control over another one. And that happens at very high, successful, uh, even clergy can be uh, abusing their wives as well. Um, and uh you know, she's sitting there on the front row in front of this huge congregation, crying inside, but looking like that, you know, the first lady of that church um, on Sunday morning. So it, it is absolutely it crosses all boundaries, all areas of our society. If, 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 oh, and, and consequently, yeah. that means all across our society are men doing it. Yeah. Okay. So it's not crazy. It's not because he was drunk. It's not because right. of what, you know, they were in financial, whatever. It's absolutely not about that. So there's, that's the weirdest part is mm-hmm. there, there's no like, well, that demographic or that, right. that religion or that, right. you know, right. like it really is. All across the board. And I think that's a protection for us. As mm-hmm. long as I don't live there and I have a college right. degree and I don't, I marry a guy from a wealthy family, then somehow I'm immune from this. Right. But it's absolutely not. So if one of my friends was being abused, how right. would I know? Well, it's it, that's a great question. <laughs> I mean, because I, don't, I, have, I have a lot of girlfriends yeah. and you're telling me yeah. one in three and I'm just thinking about all their faces and I'm like... You don't know anybody. Right? I don't know. I don't so think maybe, I have one friend who's yeah. being abused, but what do I know? Maybe how would I know? Maybe it's because you haven't opened the window, that you haven't talked about this. You remember you were just saying to me, we've never had anybody on this show talking about this. Mm-hmm. So maybe I wouldn't tip my toe in the water to you. Or maybe I did start to tell you something and the way you respond responded to me. Uh, I remember a lady saying to me, she called me and she said, you know, I need help. And I was talking to her about what we can do and what we can't. And she said, I, uh, my husband is a uh, police officer and he's the chief of this particular township. And I said, I can't believe it. And she hung up on me. And I've processed this call in my head mm-hmm. so many times. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do this for a living. I know how to, I know how to respond. But I was saying, I can't believe it. Because he sat in my office a week before telling me what a great guy he was. Um, And I remember thinking... um, And did you think that he was a great guy? Yeah, I didn't know any different at that time. Unfortunately, there's no test or kit that you right. could dip a stick or something. I'm going to invent that as a fundraiser for Genesis, I think, that, yeah, before you date this guy. I need to swab. I need to yeah, swab you. <laughs> that's a real, uh, yeah, that's a real dating opportunity, right? I'll have to swab you before I go out with, but you know how many women's lives would be saved if we could do that? And how many of our teens would not maybe end up at a slumber party dead? Um, but anyway, uh, I, I, well, I lost my track. What were we talking about? 
Oh, I, uh, yeah, I told her I can't believe it, meaning right. I am so surprised uh, this man had the nerve to come into my – but looking back, I know what he was doing. He was just closing some doors on, mm-hmm. oh, Jan's going to think I'm a good guy, and she heads up the Genesis Women's Shelter and Support. Anyway, she heard me say, I don't believe you, and I've thought oh. about it so many times. I didn't mean anything by it, but I of handled course. it wrong. So I think when someone does reach out and say, hey, Tova, I heard this on your thing, and, you know, I've always wondered – I've had a hard time defining – maybe that's what's wrong in my marriage for us to say i'm so shocked steve is such a great guy you know i'm really that means i don't believe you and somehow it's your fault and he's a great guy he's not a great guy he's this not is a great such guy. good advice because yeah I, that i think that's exactly i mean i think that i would be like what yeah. you've got to be kidding me. well see okay right there then i'm like yeah i am kidding you because yeah. you don't get it you don't believe me these are all the messages yeah. his message to her is going to be such say, a good yeah. this is such good advice his message to her is going to be no one is going to hear you no one's going to believe you and no one's going to help you and if you've been told that for 15 years in that relationship and somebody responds with i can't believe it he seems like such a nice guy uh then you're you're right you're fine you don't believe me you know it just feeds it it brings to fruition the threats that he's made. And, right. um, but if we can say, I, that makes me very scared for you. We don't, you don't have to fix it. You don't have to cure it. You just have to say, I want you to hear me say I believe you. And I want you to hear me say that I, I absolutely, there is never any justification for this and there is hope. But I'm very scared for you. What I know about this issue is not an isolated event. What I know about this issue is that it will not only increase in frequency, it will increase in severity. Mm -hmm. So this makes me even more scared for you and for your children. So these are the kinds of validating things we need to say to a girlfriend. Now, say she doesn't step up and tell you, Mm -hmm. you know, and and you suspect it. Um, And why would I suspect it? What would I see? You know, maybe uh, she doesn't come to Circle anymore at UMW. Maybe she um, has some bruises that she says oh, I'm the most clumsy thing and you know I was pulling out boxes and they fell on me and you're like that's a weird bruise to get for a box but you still maybe it is maybe she is clumsy uh, maybe she uh, when they're together something just gives you an uh-oh feeling mm-hmm. um, and it, it's kind of like when you're at the airport and they say if you see something say something then I think we have an obligation not just as women as human beings to turn each to the other and say you know what and you can do it in different ways if you and I are best friends mm-hmm. you can just say I'm scared for you. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to be willing to risk that relationship because she may say, you need to get out of my life. He's a good guy. And that's okay because if she were ill and not going to the doctor, if that teen were slowly starving themselves to death, you would say it regardless of the re- what the response is going to be, what you're f- afraid of. But maybe she'll remember someone who stood beside her or believed that. Um, or or it may be just you could do it third party. Oh, my gosh, you're sitting with your neighbor and you say, or your girlfriend and you say, I had this woman on the show the other day who said it's one out of every three. I mean, you know how many friends we have? It just makes me wonder, what am I not seeing? Mm-hmm. How am I not hearing this? Um, and, and maybe she doesn't say anything then, or maybe she says, I'm the third. Wow. And then at that point, you say, that makes me afraid for you. And there is help and there is hope. And I hope we can continue to uh, or will 
get out the message of the National Domestic Violence Hotline, but most definitely go to the website, www.genesisshelter.org, genesisshelter.org. There are resources there. There's safety planning there. Saying to someone, why don't you get out, can actually cost her life because if she doesn't know how to get out, if she doesn't know the safety planning leading up to that, um, then it can be very, very dangerous for her. So all those resources in English and in Spanish, there's even a, um, I love this sort of thought, there's a tab on the web, on our website that says uh, get out quickly or what does it say? Exit. Leave this site. Leave this site. Um, and it makes me think that there is a way out of this website, but there's also a way out of this domestic violence. And that's very powerful for me to think about. Uh, the, one of the dynamics is the isolation. Um, and so f- sometimes the first tip in the wa- tip of the toe in the water is on a website or an anonymous uh, hotline call. There are people 24 hours who will just listen to what you say, not judge you, not say, well, you've got to get a divorce, you've got to get out, you've got to go to a shelter. You don't, any of that. Genesis the and service and support piece of our name uh, references the the non-residential counseling as well and that's really our biggest footprint it's women who haven't left or they've left and they have other residential resources but they still need to come and hear that it's not your fault how do you get ever trust ever trust another relationship if you have walked out I don't know how you navigate the legal system. And that is all there at wow. no cost at Genesis Women's Shelter That's and Support. That's amazing. Yeah. That is yeah. amazing that y'all provide that support. Yes. And it's actually with the community's uh, sup- help that we are able to do this. Whether mm-hmm. And I hope everyone that's listening, maybe you don't know who that one in three is, mm-hmm. but you can do something for the one in three you don't know. Mm-hmm. And that can be um, uh, clean out your closets and take clothing and furniture and housewares to our benefit thrift store. Our moms get to shop at no cost there for whatever that next stage in their life is. They got out without a purse. They need to go to court. They need a suit. They've got to go back to work. Um, But there's also, uh, you know, as I say, you can give cash. You can give in-kind donations. Everybody can do that. Mm -hmm. But we're kind of, and I'm going to do a shameless plug. I didn't ask because I'll ask forgiveness if if I'm (laughs) stepping over. But there's a way your listeners can help us in this next week win $10,000. Genesis is one of five domestic violence agencies across the United States. We're the only one in Dallas, only one in Texas, actually. And it's... um, That's uh, hard to believe. No, uh, entered in this context. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't finish I'm that like, sentence. What? Yeah, <laughs> Beauty Wishes is a, a nonprofit organization that collects uh, products for battered women's shelters, and they have given oh my gosh, thousands of in this last week eyeshadows and shampoos, and I mean we are just awesome. it's so amazing. But there's also a ten thousand dollar prize for um, any one of these shelters who get the most votes. It takes 30 seconds. I'm asking your listeners, go vote. Just this week, you can vote every 24 hours. Go vote and ask all your friends to go vote. And I'm going to give you the uh, website uh, where to go to do that. So www.bit.ly backslash vote number four Genesis. Vote for Genesis. It's on our website if they want to go there first, if I didn't say this correctly, but it takes 30 seconds. You vote for Genesis. Let's do it. Let's do it. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody do it. That's like something... It doesn't so easy, <laughs> but you are making Thank a difference you. because yeah. that ten thousand dollars is going to be in enable us to answer that phone That's when she awesome. does call in. It's going to be able to, uh, for us to have a counselor who says, "I believe you, and this is not your fault, and there is help and hope." So I hope everyone will do it every day till March the first, I believe. March the so 1st. till Friday, till Friday, yes, Friday. just this week, yes. But if all your listeners would do it four times. Think of what that's amazing. Think of what the Everybody difference they can make that. here. That's thousands. Thank you. That would yeah. be thousands yeah, yeah, yeah. of people. So thank so. you for letting me do that. Yes, absolutely. That's 
I, I, everybody needs to stop right now and just go do that. Get your phone. That's Vote. something so Number four, so simple. Genesis, the first book in the Bible. We'll yeah. Do, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll New do beginning. Um, okay. So, so I sent my girlfriend down. I mm-hmm. have this... I'm scared mm-hmm. because I'm realizing that I've I've observed something, I've seen something, I've felt something, and I sit down and I talk with her and she denies it. Yeah. She's like, Yeah, no, that's okay. You don't need to worry about that's me. okay. Good. Then I'm glad. Because if that were the case, I would be scared and I but I want you to hear I would continue to be your friend. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna be here if this is the case, I'm gonna be here when you are ready to talk about it. You know, she might respond with, yeah, well, thanks. You don't know what you're talking about. But that's okay. I promise that's okay. So uh, your your message would be say something. like Absolutely. If, if absolutely. you suspect it, you have to say something. Is and that if, your advice? Yes, absolutely. And if you don't, what if, what if that is who you, you, the news is saying that you wake up to and you hadn't said anything? How, yeah. how would you feel? Yeah. Um, if if you, not you, then who? Then who? If not mm-hmm. you, then who? If not now, when? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So women who come to your shelter um, or call your shelter, mm-hmm. I, I imagine, I'm just putting myself, thank God, I mean, I have never been abused yep. ever. And I've been in several relationships and I just, that's never been, thank God. I mean, I just can't even imagine the prison that I would feel like I was in and these women feel like they're in. I imagine that if I was in that situation and I wanted desperately to get out, but I, this man had power over me and he had all of our finances and he beat the hell out of me and he's threatened to kill me. Right. Or kill your children or kill your pets. Uh huh. That I would be, I would not trust. I would not trust that the help could actually help. You're absolutely right. So how if somebody's listening and they are, if it's one and three, right. if somebody's listening and they are in the situation right now, how do they trust that that the process really can offer hope? Well, and I think that they don't a, believe yes. exists. I think you need to know what help it is. I don't know if I didn't know your pastor. I would not be able to say go to your pastor because there's some really bad advice out there. Mm. I don't know that I could say you're afraid to call the police because can the police really help you? We see women who he claims she hit me first and she ends up in jail. Um, they It is against the law. The police are supposed to respond. They are supposed to recognize the predominant aggressor. They're supposed to, there shall be an arrest made where there's probable cause. So they are in place to help. But sometimes that's too big of a, a trust leap. So it's too big of a trust leap because the system is scary. Is, you don't can understand. Be, can break. It. Yeah, yeah. The system, system can, can break. break. So my advice would be to start if you're really wanting just a first outcry is to call a place like Genesis. If you're even considering, considering it. Considering it. Just yes. thinking that thinking this about sucks. It. Yes, this is bad. Yeah. And I know I don't want my children around it. Mm-hmm. I, this isn't the life that God had in mind for me. Mm-hmm. Then I would but say I don't know what to do. dial 214-946-HELP. 214-946-HELP is our hotline, answered 24 hours a day. So they could call at 2 in the morning and say, you know what, it scares me when he whatever. Or I talked to my pastor and he said whatever. There is somebody who understands it, who will hear her and believe her, and list out a menu of help where she isn't walking 
alone through this, trying to navigate the legal system or trying to trying to navigate the impact on her children. And there is most definitely an impact on these children, even if they haven't seen it, haven't been heard. They know they know, these these kids know that mom is not safe. Um, and so, if you're listening and you are being abused, right. physically abused, like if you don't want to do it for yourself or if you're too scared to do it for yourself, right. Look in the eyes of your children. Yes. Let yes. that motivate you to do something because I imagine that this pattern um, not only affects them emotionally and right. psychologically deeply, I'm sure it repeats itself. It does. She can break that generational cycle of violence. So many abusers grew up in a violent home. It's the norm, it's the language they speak. You know, if you're it's where raised, they feel comfortable, it's where they feel comfortable. That's exactly right. So if you, for example, uh, are raising your children in a home that speaks Spanish, that's the language they know. If you're raising your children in a home that speaks abuse, that's the language that's they know. That's a very good so analogy. So look in the eyes of those children and say, you know what, I can break that generational cycle of violence today mm. now um, uh, it's so interesting you said that I I was with a dear friend of mine yesterday who is in an, a uh, verbally abusive right. marriage and she's she's getting divorced and he um, she, she was seeing her counselor this week and she said she asked her what does it feel like when you when you're around I almost said it when you're around him, <clears throat> what do you feel? What do you feel? And she said, I feel safe. And this was just the craziest. When she f is around her abuser, she feels safe? She feels safe. And she, and this was the craziest notion to her counselor. Right. You know, like, I, do you hear? Right. Like, do you hear how, like, but that was the home that she grew up right. in. Right. And so right. this was a very familiar, quote, unquote, right. safe environment for her to be in because it's the only right. thing that she had ever known and maybe it's well at least he doesn't hit me yeah probably but yet is what i say to that mm -hmm. you know i think it's really hard to define what is verbal abuse but i got to tell you it can be more deadly than the physical abuse i hear many women say i wish he'd punch me in the eye because then i could point to the world look what how he treats me mm -hmm. but when we're told again and again and again that we are not good enough um, it's still try it's hard to define when does it become abusive doesn't everybody fight the defense attorney asked me and i'm like absolutely everybody does fight well is that abuse and i'm I so you have to really define what it is. Um, everybody, a, a normal relationship would have disagreements about, mm -hmm. you know, my husband wants a dog and I don't want a dog. And, mm -hmm. you know, he he wants a dog to have the first dog have company and during the day while we're both at work and I don't want to clean up the poop. And he says, well, you don't clean it up anyway. With one dog, why would you do two? Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, we either get a dog or we don't. So there is an issue. Mm -hmm. There is a pro and there is a con. And at the end of the day, there is a solution to it. Or he votes one way, and I go out and I cancel his vote because we don't agree politically. Mm -hmm. But nowhere in there are there slurs about my person. Nowhere in there is there degradation about me. You're so stupid. You're so ugly. No one would have you. That's when it crosses the line. That's the stake in the ground. Um, you know, I hear uh, – I was um, – Talking with, with I, I hear, heard this woman talking this morning. I was on the phone as I pulled up, um, and her sister had been really mean to her and hung up and had you know called her the b word and hung up, and that is not scary because probably she has said it before and sisters fight and whatever. Uh, but when the friend you're talking about, when her mm -hmm. husband says that b word to her or these horrible slurs about how horrible she is and can't do anything right, um, it, it's against her person. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Absolutely. And that's where it becomes abusive. Absolutely. When it frightens me, 
it becomes abusive. I was speaking Tova to a, actually it was a university park near our church, uh, speaking to a police guy, a police officer who said, you know, I told him I was worried about this particular address in, in the neighborhood. And he said, well, you know, I was called out there the other day and she comes running out of the house and they were fighting about the yard man was coming the next day. She was having her card group come in. He wanted to scalp the yard. She didn't want, the husband wanted to scalp the yard. And the wife was like, I want it to look ugly tomorrow. And they're fighting. And he said, I just drove away. That was the most ridiculous call I'd ever driven up on. And I said, let me ask you this. When does someone call the police? When do you? When do I call the police? Well, it's when I'm scared. Right. Not, I was, I don't I need was about land- to say when I'm yeah, scared. I don't need landscape advice from the local policeman. <laughs> I need. I needed him there because I knew where that fight was going to go. Um, and so I think society again needs to realize: it, it, you, as a one-on-one girlfriend, or the police department, or you know the courts, we need to know. I may say this, but you need to know why I say that. Um, and really hear me. Hear me with your ears really and hear me advice. with your heart. Uh, but again, I go back to there is help and there's hope. Let me ask you, we touched on the children a little bit. Um, what I'm sure every child is different. Every situation is different. Every effect is different. But what, what are the... Um, what do you see? What are some, like, this is probably, you're going to, if, if a child is in a home where there is abuse, mm-hmm. what can you, um, I mean, for teachers and yes, for, yes. for educators and for youth <clears throat> pastors, what is, are there things that like, well, generally they look like this or feel like this yes. or sound like this or, or talk like this or, I mean, what's the advice what does it do to children? Well, it's it's very damaging to kiddos. We talked about con- uh, uh, continuing that generational cycle of violence. But we know even the witnessing child not only has psychological f- effects, but can actually have physiological effects. Children raised can actually have developmental delays before they ever get to school. Brain scans have been done where the brain doesn't actually develop at the same rate for a child who lives in fear and terror, a war zone, whether that's politically or in your own home. Um, when there's no protection for these children, then emotionally and physically, then uh, there are actual physiological uh, uh, reactions to that. Mm -hmm. Their brains are washed over with serotonin or whatever, um, and that causes uh, causes that effect. But in the classroom, they look like anybody else's kids. They may be wound up so tightly they're afraid to make anything less than an A+. They may be absolutely the bully on the playground who hurts another child. The studies tell us, though, Tova, that out of, uh, they're about in every class, say in DISD, every mm-hmm. or your any local school mm-hmm. district, there's like 15% of all kids in that classroom that day are living in a domestic violence home. F- another 15% have been in it that school year but have either moved away or live with a cousin or something like that now. So think about it. 25 to 30% of every classroom is a child sitting there afraid to go home or afraid if mom is 10 minutes late for carpool, she's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, we see kids, we have a school on site that's amazing, and we see kiddos who are triggered by the air conditioning that came on. I just heard Kevin kind of clear his throat, and that, that triggers me because that means dad is home and we're not supposed to have on the air conditioning and all these things are going how can they possibly learn Mm -hmm. how can their little brains if it's you know it's functioning in the amygdala the whole time how do they even learn they're so afraid of these these uh, triggers is what Mm -hmm. they are basically um and they're they're so dysregulated um and there's still no if they bring it is it's absolutely heartbreaking but if they bring home less than a 100 Mom will be, they're responsible in their own little minds. Kids mm-hmm. are so egocentric, mm-hmm. that, and they should be. Uh, mm-hmm. But if they spill the milk and mom gets beaten, that's because it's their fault. Yeah. So they either are wear a hat of 
the perpetrator uh, uh, of, of the victim. I, I, I will also be hurt. Or if they act like the dad, then they become in collusion with the abuse against mom. It's really, really, really dad is terrifying and mom is terrified. And that's just not a way to live. And they go to school and a teacher says, there is no reason you shouldn't have had your homework done. It's been on the board since Monday. So we're not listening to these kiddos. Mm. And and I love what you're saying. We're not listening. And it's not because they're talking. It's just because we're not looking. We're not looking. We're not asking. The art that's drawn, mm-hmm. the play that they play. Um, I know educators have so much on their plate. I really mm-hmm. do. Um, they're trained on looking for child abuse. But the, the broken arm is one thing. The broken heart's another. Mm-hmm. We need to be looking for that as well. Oh, that just makes me want to cry. <laughs> Oh, thinking about that, it really chokes me up. We can do something about it. We absolutely can. But it goes back to, are we protecting our kids? Are yeah. we say Many moms will say, well, I don't want to come. I, want, I don't want these children to come from a divorced home. I totally understand that. I really do. But uh, there are worse things. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. But talking about it today is a good step. There's going to be somebody who hears your program, hears this podcast, and says, you know what? Enough is enough. Mm -hmm. And now that I know there is help to get out, it's it's confidential. I don't want the police pulling up in my house. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I can go on a website. I can call somebody in the afternoon while he's at work and begin to start putting my safety plan together, my emotional and my physical safety plan together. I know I want a better life. I want to be the best I can be Mm -hmm. for my kids, for my myself for my faith um we can and you can do it you can I, do I it. know you it's can. yeah it's i know so it's got to be i mean it's when so i was hard. getting divorced yeah. i don't yeah. i don't didn't get divorced because of abuse but i mean i'm telling you it was scary the whole process it, the is. whole process is scary yeah. it's like what what about the kids and yep. what about the family yep. and what about that's so it's so great about and what about the money yep. and what about what about it all what about and, it all and all i can say is it you can do it and you don't have to do it alone at yes. genesis we have a children's counselor at genesis we have a lawyer at genesis we have a, a, a therapist wow. who can talk about the sadness of that the trauma around the trauma i hear often that's the worst part of it is how did you tell your parents this marriage has failed how did that make you feel when you did but you know what we can work with you and work beyond that to safety that's the most important thing and i think that's what god wants for our lives absolutely yeah i mean i i say it on here all the time jesus said i came to give you life and not just life but yeah. abundant yes like this this abuse, is not abundant it makes it makes jesus a, cry i think it does oh yeah. it has yeah. to yeah how did you get into this why do you why are you so yes. passionate oh I, you know i asked myself <laughs> for 28 years i'm not from abuse and it was one of these things that i really never thought about until i had the opportunity to volunteer down there i was a stay-at-home mom kool-aid mom of the block i didn't think about this until i saw it and i think once you know once you know from this show i don't know how you turn your back you on can't it. see you can't unsee it i can't unsee it mm-hmm. there are days I really wish I didn't know now what I didn't know then yeah. but that's not the case and I think that if we do turn our back we are we are in collusion yeah um, everybody as really... I say can do something you can vote for Genesis online every day till March 1st mm-hmm. you can clean out your closets you can make a donation you can talk to your friends you can mm-hmm. say I have zero tolerance for this I'm not going to make excuses anymore I'm going to hold these these perpetrators accountable abuse will not stop until abusers stop abusing mm-hmm. that's the bottom line on it and I think we can all play a part in that making that happen and you know what i would just encourage whoever's listening to start a conversation i mean just start a conversation today i'm having yep. lunch with a group of girlfriends i'm bringing this up good like, for you yeah just 
like, did y'all know that one in three? Yes. I mean, there's going to be a big group there. Statistically speaking, somebody in that room, which I can't even imagine because I'm thinking about right. all of their husbands. Right. But I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure we in our minds think, well, this is what a, this is how I imagine an, what an abuser looks like. And right. I know I'm going to sound really stupid and naive. I think an abuser sounds like a guy who's driving a bad car and smoking a cigarette yeah, yeah. and he's missing a tooth yeah. and he's kind of an ass and he's yeah, aggressive yeah. and he drives crazy and he and so, he's kind of a jerk. Let's talk about kind of an ass and kind of abusive. It, look at the guys in the workplace and, and is that president of that company or is the you know the producer or the team sports team owner i mean look at the what we just heard with um mr Kraft, who was arrested uh he, owner of the patriots uh arrested uh soliciting prostitution I, oh I my gosh he went to a lotus spa or something in florida come on i, I mean, don't know what that is what's like a, a massage spa? parlor okay um, at four, but not just for massage. Okay. Um, and so he was arrested in a sting, a prostitution sting, actually. And so you can see he can be rich, he can be famous, he can be a winner. And charmer? Absolutely. Especially a charmer, mm -hmm. because that's how they get away with it. Mm -hmm. And people tolerate it. Um, if he were that poor guy out of work, nobody'd put up with it. They're like, fine, he needs to go to jail. But so be, look at the guys who are a jackass to the waitress. How do they treat people out in public? How do they treat the guy who's, you know, pumping the gas um, or the or the flight attendant? Uh, start looking at those behaviors, and it, you know, you can chalk them up to well, he's under a lot of work pressure, or um, he's trying to get his pay, uh, applications into college. But we can't have, we can't tolerate it. We really can't. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to your lunch today. And somebody's, you say, oh my gosh, it's one out of every three, and they respond, oh, I don't, I don't believe that. That's, you don't stop the conversation. You say, I didn't either, but I'm, I'm telling you, it's across the board. Mm -hmm. No, I don't know anybody. Think about the woman who is in that group, yeah. who hears her say, yeah. I don't believe it. I don't think that happens, not in our group and that kind of thing. She well, shuts you, down. For sure, I'm not telling yeah. you. Sure, I'm not mm -hmm. bringing that up because I know already this group isn't going to believe me. So I think... Don't stop talking about it. Yeah. Yes. They may not invite you to lunch to, uh, to the next time, but that's okay, too. You're doing the right thing. You're doing the right thing. Gosh, Jan, thank you. Thank you so much for coming yeah, here. No, thank you. Pleasure. I mean, I feel like we have to have you back. We're going to um, talk some more about yeah, this. I, I really want to talk. Next time you come, I really want to talk about um, teenage yes. stuff. Teenage stuff is good. And then teenage also... Dating, teenage abuse, which the, I can't believe. Yeah, Oh, it's horrendous. The other thing we need to talk about is can he change? He says he can, but can he really? And I've got some folks at the shelter I'd love to have on with me. Can he? <laughs> he can't, that's not the question. He can, mm. but will he? Yeah. That's the real question. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can't wait to have you back and just... Thank you for opening this door. And please, y'all, everybody that's listening, don't just don't just push stop and think, gosh, that was a eye-opening. Like, do something. Do something. Whether you vote or you make a donation or you talk about it. Like this is this is this is worth. Yeah, this is really worth. Yeah, don't, don't turn your turn back your on back. this. Don't turn your back. Thank you, Jan. My pleasure. Thank you for coming. Tova, thank you. And, and Gosh, you're doing such a good thing. Thanks. Thank you for thank you for the hard work that you do. Absolutely. I'm blessed to get to do it. I know. I agree with you. Yeah. I think I think you are. Yeah. Okay, thank you.